And welcome to the March 2017 edition of Personally Speaking. Personally Speaking is a real good little storytelling show that began in a living room, is based on the belief that your friends tell the best stories, and only gets increasingly vulnerable as people start throwing caution to the wind in increasingly weird times. This month we have probably one of my favorite lineups we've had in a while. It's a beautifully short show. We wrap everything up in 90 minutes, um, just under actually. We start off with Gabby Dunn, who you know from Twitter, from uh, an upcoming book actually called I Hate Everyone But You, and the absolutely outstanding podcast Bad With Money. Uh, She actually tells our second high at Disneyland story on the podcast. I certainly hope it's not the last. That seems to be a theme that I would like to revisit uh, over and over again. Really, a, that's a, it's a great story. So it's a solid opener. We then go to Cody Palm, who is, uh, again, an actual friend of mine. Uh, he and I are working on a talk show that we're going to be bringing you this year. Uh, we get into a lot of LGBT news and issues, current events, uh, talk a lot of feminism, and have candid discussions with sex workers I think it's going to be, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. We we get into frank discussions with people in the entertainment industry. Um, it's called Beauty and the Buy. Uh, as I mentioned in the show, it's really for the viewer to decide who is who in that little lineup there. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. So his story also revisits a recurring theme, which is throwing a house party while um, the parental units are out of town and having a mother who's very carefully guarded in her anger. Uh, We then move on to one of my actual best friends in the world, uh, Mal Smith. She and I uh, co-wrote a pilot that will be, a web series pilot that will be coming your way soon called Tight. We're really excited to show it to you. She also uh, co-hosts one of my favorite podcasts. I've mentioned it a couple times on this show. It's called A Few Beers In. She and her one of her best friends, Lauren, I guess we're all kind of best friends. Um, life is good with multiple best friends. She and Lauren co-host that show, A Few Beers In. Uh, it's an absolute delight. They talk about things like uh, every new trailer for every superhero movie uh, and the the campy qualities of Riverdale that make it the absolute treat that it is to watch, uh, particularly with several beers. And Mal's story, I really have to say, is one of my favorites uh, that we've had on the on the show in some time. It's just she really put it together in a in a beautiful way. It's one of the it's one of the better written stories I think we've had on the show in the in a while. Uh, so just. Definitely sit tight for that one. Uh, and finally, we close out the show with an absolute crowd pleaser. Um, Sophia Benoit absolutely just crushes it. Uh, she just goes up. She's like a consummate professional, which is a funny, a, a weird thing to say about, you know, somebody whose job it is to just to be a persona and be a person. But she really just kills it. I think you guys will definitely enjoy her story. Uh, she gets up and, and right away just kind of dares, dares the audience to like her or not. She doesn't give a shit. It's great. Um, and that's an attitude that personally I aspire to. I accidentally encouraged a man today. 
Um, sorry about that. Definitely, I take it back, uh, officer. It'll never happen again. I realize what a mistake I've made. Let's jump into the show, guys. I uh, love you all so much. Let's get this thing going. I love you. Well, maybe not the Nazis, but pretty much all of you. Um, I don't. I don't know who listening to this show is a Nazi, but if you're looking for some intel on what friendship is, you've come to the right place, my friend. Let's jump right into it. Got a beautiful 90-minute show. Uh, You can listen to this while you're doing the dishes, while you're ignoring your actual work at work, Uh, or even you could even share a headphone with a friend or a crush on the bus. Enjoy yourselves, and we will see you at next month's show, uh, live and in person on April 14th at the Open Space. You can be part of the live audience at the open space in West Hollywood, just up the street from Cantor's. We'll see you guys there. Follow us on Twitter for unbearable jokes at It's Personal Now. Until next month. guys good if I start from here where the chairs should be I feel like that's that seems appropriate right uh if you've never been to this show before you're about to experience the healthiest output of all my trauma and rage thank you for coming I appreciate it guys put your hands together put your hands together put your hands together if you've never been to this show before excellent put your hands together if you don't know which of your friends are going to live through the current administration yes put your hands together if you've recently googled hand-to-hand combat training okay put your hands together if you've recently amazon kitty claws and brass knuckles keep it going all right just me all right put your hands together if you're really afraid and you're kind of starting to lose hope but you don't really want to Okay, cool, good. Glad we're all in this together. Put your hands together if you have been to this show before. That's what I thought. Welcome to Personally Speaking, folks, the show where your friends tell true stories to make you laugh. We are fighting off the apocalypse together. I don't know if I can go into the full, like, Pacific Rim, like, we're canceling the apocalypse. <laughs> but we're delaying it in our own minds. Uh, guys, if, you've, if you haven't been to this show before... We definitely have a few simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. There's uh, the first being, don't talk for too long. It's impolite. It's impolite. So everybody who gets up to the stage, they're going to have eight to ten minutes. No, no, I mean, we'll say five. We'll say five. Five to ten minutes to earn your trust and make you love them. And I swear to God, that's all they really want. Even if they get up here, like, real angry, like, they're just like, you know, they just want to list off things that they're mad about. It's fine. Just understand that they're on stage. They want you to like them. Uh, so, guys, we're going to give them that respect. Second of all, as you as you all know, I think those of you who've been here before, this seems to be the favorite rule. All the stories that you hear tonight only have to be true to the best of the storyteller's perspective. Meaning, of course, that their heroes are your heroes, their villains are your villains, so on and so forth. And finally... All you got to do is make us laugh. We're all going to die, possibly in the next few months. I don't know, just for having iPhones, I guess, at this point. Um, so we might as well, might as well enjoy it together. So, really and truly, I just, I don't know. <laughs> um, it was recently International Women's Day. Huh, get it? That's the whole joke, guys. That's terrible. It's terrible. It's 
Okay, so here's the thing. It's like the fact that like every other year before this, I was excited. I was really proud. I was like, it's International Women's Day. Like, represent. I am a person who identifies as a woman. So, yes, this is our day. Now it just kind of feels like, okay, girls, you've had your day. Now get back in the cage. (laughs) I'm not sure I like this. I, I don't know that a day is really enough. We had this whole we had this whole protest. Of course, uh, many people participated. Um, Day without a woman, which probably went super well if you're Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, not very well if you can't afford PTO at this point. And so I just wore like defiantly red lipstick. I pretended that I got this manicure for that sake. It is now clearly grown out, um, but the claws are red. So wearing red's enough, guys. Um, not systemically changing anything, but wearing red's enough. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be a lot longer, so we'll sit tight for that one. Maybe, maybe we'll solve that next month. Um, I kind of feel like if we had gone in the other direction, like I try not to be, I try really hard to, to you know, look for the silver lining and not get too bogged down in the anti of things. But if we had done Day Without a Man, that would have gone a lot better. <laughs> like, the traffic implications alone are staggering. If they just stayed home, just stay home for a day. Just listen. Don't talk. Just just settle down for a bit, guys. Just just sit in and watch your shows, okay? Just stay in and watch your shows. Let us get some work done, and then we'll see how it goes. Uh, each, of the, each of the people coming to the stage tonight is either a friend of mine, someone I would like to make a friend, um, please, please, um, or somebody that I think is friendly. So we'll give that, we'll give that broad enough category. Um, that doesn't mean that you necessarily would want to be friends with them immediately, but it does mean that I want to be friends with them, and that's what matters about this show. So I don't know. Uh, tonight's theme, if uh, for those of you who are not familiar, is breaking the rules. Uh, I, I was kind of bummed. I was looking for, looking for inspiration for what I could do to put together tonight's theme a while back. I was like, what the hell are we going to talk about? Um, I... I implying that this was a long time in the past and not like on the way to the show. But I was trying to figure out the theme and so I was looking at one of my favorite podcasts for inspiration. It's called You Must Remember This. Uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, it's sort of like, it's about old Hollywood. It's about like Marilyn Monroe getting fingered. Um, (laughs) it's, It's really, really good. It's really careful and thoughtful. And then right after I announced this month's theme, they announced they're, they're doing this big series called Dead Blondes. And I was bummed because that would have made a great theme for tonight's lineup. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel that. I'm feeling that. Um, soon to be, we'll say. Soon to be Dead Blondes. Um, I think it's, it's easiest enough if we, uh, if we jump right into our first, first storyteller of the night. But would you guys... Would you guys care to hear a little more monologuing first? What do we think? Do we want me just like, just go, Christiana. It's fine. It's fine. Or do you want to hear a little more monologuing? I'll leave it to you. Clap if you want me to monologue a little bit more. I'll take it. So I, uh, I would describe my current relationship status as the meals for one section of Vaughn's. They have, they have signs hanging that say meals for one. Um, sorry, just not going to. Do this. It's velvet. It's very hot under the lights. Um, I'm shedding. I'm I'm shedding layers for you, my beautiful audience. Um, we're getting intimate now. Um, I don't know. I. <laughs> so you guys know that like the process of getting the, getting your receipt has become like its own kind of. You have to fill out a W nine to get a receipt now at this point. 
Um, and then, and then on top of that, like on top of the paper itself being like a report card, the actual receipt, then they go and they give you a coupon on top of it. And you're like, it's never for stuff you're going to use it for. We both know I would love a coupon for 50 cents off of whiskey. And instead, what I seem to get is 75 cents off of an off-brand bottled juice. Every time! Every time. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to know. If I could get... if I, we'll, we'll retire that one. It's okay. I don't know. They say, they're like, oh, well, the coupons are matched to your spending habits. We both know what I'm there for. Come on. Uh, coming up next to the stage, folks, put your hands together for the lady who is bad with money, according to her podcast on Panopoly, and she hates everyone but you, according to a book she has coming out this year. Put your hands together for Gabby Dunn. I will not be your friend, Christiana. I'm just kidding. I need friends. Okay, no. Um, hello, hello, hello. Uh, I'm Gabby Dunn, um, and I... I'm going to tell a story about, uh, marginally about the state of Florida. Uh, where I'm from, I'm also wearing this shirt, I just realized. <laughs> which was not on purpose, but uh, yeah, I bought it on the beach at a kiosk. So, um, I'm from Florida, and I'm really sorry. Uh, and I, there's a thing in Florida, is anyone here from Florida? Oh yeah, okay. I, heard, I was like, shut up, but I know that person. Um, okay, so... Uh, so in Florida, there's something called grad night. And grad night is a thing that they do that is so ill-advised uh, where they take the kid, the seniors from high schools and all the seniors from all the high schools and they go to uh, Disney World overnight, like from midnight to 6 a.m. And they have, and it's closed down, but they have run of the park. And, uh, and then it's like, you know, to congratulate them for graduating high school. And also, like, it's like the purge, I guess. Um, and so, so I went to uh, a 150-person uh, Jewish private day school. And there were 35 kids in my grade. And we were literally, the nearest high school was across the street. And there was a big iron gate between us and them that our, I assume our parents had just built by hand to keep us away from the public school kids. And so this was like our, it was almost like, you know, like when like people are kidnapped and they're like kept in a basement and then they like get let out and they like see sunshine for the first time. So it was almost like they're like introducing us to society at the age of like 17, 18 was us going to grad night. Um, we were, we all, like, thought we were cool and hard. Like, we thought we were badass. Uh, like, we, like, uh, like, in the hotel beforehand, I, like, smoked weed, guys. And, uh, and, like, we were, so we, like, roll up the 35 of us and we're, like, oh, my God. We, like, had, we smoked weed before we came to Disney. We're, like, crazy. And then the, (laughs) the kids, literally, I'm not kidding. A kid in, we're, like, seeing, like, oh, my God, we're so bad. The kid in front of me. The cop stops him, pats him down, takes two knives off of his leg and another knife out of here and a bottle of whiskey and then goes, oh, you crazy kids, and then lets him in. (laughs) I later learned that this whole thing was like, for every school except for our school, I think it was like the time to settle the gang disputes that had been happening. Um, So it was just chaos. 
And I was very high and I was very anxious. And my friends and I were in a little group. And I wasn't very close with these people. But I, I didn't really have a lot of friends actually in my high school. I was very popular at my Jewish summer camp. I just want to be clear about that. But at my actual high school, not so much. Um, so I was just hanging out with these kids. And we go to Splash Mountain. And I get in my head like, guys, I don't want to. And it's loud. I mean, it's loud. It's crazy. Everyone's f- knifing each other, I assume. And I'm like, okay, I don't want. Like, I don't want to sit in the front. It's going to be wet if I sit in the front. I don't want to sit in the front. Everyone's like, it's fine, Gabby. You won't, we won't make you sit in the front. Whatever. The log comes for Splash Mountain. They have Splash Mountain at Disneyland, right? Okay, so you guys know what that is. So, so they have the log comes for Splash Mountain, and I get it, and I get in, and I'm, it's just so, so chaotic. I end up in the front. I'm like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in the front. We're going around. We're going around. So the ride is weird anyway, but, like, I was so high. Like, it was kicking in. And I was, like, so high and so tired, and there was just and, – and I didn't want to be there. And I just – before I even, like, had the thought percolating, I, w- w- like, was left my body and then was on the side as my friends in the log turned the corner going, No! And then I'm just standing amongst, like, the animatronic beavers playing banjo <laughs> – and slowly the law and then like the other logs go by with other kids are like yo what are you doing I'm like I don't fucking know as they turn the corner too and then so then they're gone and then and then the logs stop coming and then I'm like standing there the logs are not coming then the animals by the way still going though and so finally a voice so I'm like what's going on all of a sudden a voice comes out they're like stay right where you are we're coming to get you I'm like oh great this is great so this all of a sudden a door opens like the wall just looks like the wall then it opens into a door and then there's this security guard and she's like come with me and we go down the stairs and I'm like thank you so much for coming to get me yeah like I was just having a panic attack I guess haha <laughs> not high and uh, and she was and then she's like not replying to me so I go am I in trouble as we like reach the bottom stair and she goes yeah you're in big trouble and I was like what we go out and I'm handcuffed and then uh, me and another kid who apparently jumped a turnstile also handcuffed no one else I mean there's literal fights happening but whatever and so we're I'm like I go what's going on and my friends are like what's happening and I go I think I'm going to Disney jail and then they're like stop resisting arrest so then we go so they take us outside so it's not like so they take me and this kid out and it's we leave the park and there's like a little building and we go in an elevator unclear if the elevator went up or down I don't know it was like one of those that like, could have been underground and it's not like whatever you're picturing for Disney jail like if you're like ha like Pluto's at the desk and like Mickey's eating a donut no it's like an actual law and order fucking jail and so like they put us in this like room this like glass the glass room or whatever and then this woman comes in and she's like and oh the big thing about grad night by the way is you're not allowed to have any purses because that might be where you keep the knives and so you're not allowed to have any purses or anything so I don't have anything on me like no money no nothing because it's all like free for the park so they're like, do you have an ID? And I was like, no. And they were like, we can get a female officer in here to find out if you have an ID. And I was like, where am I? I'm putting an ID in my vagina. Like, where am I hiding an ID? Exactly. I'm 17. Um, so then they call my science teacher, who is our, uh, our chaperone and also was my neighbor, <laughs> Stu. And so Stu shows up and he's like, and, he, and they're like, you and Stu have to go. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, sup, don't tell my parents. Uh, and so we go, so we go and we meet the like police commissioner of Disney police and we go in and he's sitting at a desk and we have to sit and I'm not allowed to talk they told me only Stu is allowed to talk and behind him is just a wall of like CCTVs 
and they're playing on every one of them they're playing the video of me getting off the ride and then going like this and uh and then like and i thought that i had looked cool but i was literally just like shaking and like doing this and then he he goes do you see that and I was like, can I just say, and he was like, you're not allowed to talk. Only Stu can talk. And Stu's like, she's a really good student, like I promised, blah, blah, blah. It's not like whatever. And I was like, and then he goes, well, I guess you can tell from this that it seems like you're not mentally or emotionally stable enough to ride the rides in Disney World. And I was like, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. <laughs> um, and so then he said that they sent that tape. I don't know if this is true. It was post 9-11, but they sent that tape. They said that they are very strict about terrorism and they sent that tape to all the Disneys, like Euro Disney and Disneyland and all that stuff. And I, they were like, you're banned. You're banned from all Disneys forever. Like, if you try to buy a ticket to Disney, you will be banned. Like, it will come up red flagged. But really what it means is that I, uh, I can't get... I can go to Disney. I just can't get caught doing something else in Disney. Like, if I shoplift or something, then I'm already, like, on a, a list. Of like she's won too many strikes, she's out. She's Arsha goes to actual. I guess they were like, you'll go to actual Orlando County Jail. Um, <laughs> but I went. I I worked at a company where I was like working there, and they gave us perks all the time. And one of the time, they called us all into a meeting, and like the head of the company came in, and he was like, "Guys, you've been doing such great work. It's like really great. Um, I wanted to give you guys all a surprise. I was like bonuses, and they were like, no. And he was like, no, of course not, right? And they were like. We're going to take everybody to Disneyland. And I was like, oh, um, about that. <laughs> and then we go, and my boyfriend at the time was very tall. And I don't know if you guys have been on Pirates of the Caribbean, but there's like a, a part where the pirate's foot is dangling down from the bridge. And so I was like, oh, you're so tall. I bet if you stood up, you could touch the foot of the pirate. And he was like, oh, yeah, I should. And then as we're going, he's like, I'm going to do it. And then I go, wait, and I remembered. I was like, I can't get in trouble at Disneyland again. And then he didn't do it for, for love, I guess. Thank you so much, you guys. Editor's note. There was a story here, but it was a little too dorky for the Internet. If you want to get to the real hot stuff, you got to come to the live show. And now, back to the recorded show. And such, I think about that probably every three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, your next absolute delight coming to the stage. Um, he is pop punk garbage like myself. Um, can confidently say that I know this man listens to Panic at the Disco um, to this day. Not listened, but listens. Um, He's an absolute delight, and he and I are now working on a web series that we really hope you're going to enjoy. Put your hands together for Cody Palm. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing tonight? Um, I really wanted to tell this story um, because last month, the I believe the theme was secrets, and Christiana told this really great story about how she threw a party and um, while she was in high school, and her uh, her parents found out about it, and it lined up paralleled so well to my experience that I was like I really want to tell a story and then lo and behold the theme next month is breaking the rules so I had to get in on this shit um I've got some notes here so just getting right into it um to know a little bit about my parents um when I was in high school they didn't do shit (laughs) they didn't leave the house ever uh so there was never an opportunity for even to have a party anywhere leading up to my senior year and then God finally took pity on me one day, and he smiled his or her giant teeth down at me and was like, 
your sister is going to buy them a weekend getaway to Napa. <laughs> and then he one-upped himself and goes, and your little brother is going to go away to his uncle's for the weekend. So I was like, yes, yes, thank God. Um, because if you, any of you know anything about me, I love attention and I love hosting a party. So this was like the <laughs> crack to me. Um, so I only had one obstacle left in my way, and that was my sister. My sister was a goody two-shoes, never did anything wrong in high school, hated authority, hated getting in any kind of trouble more than me, and that's saying something. Um, So I had to convince her, and by that I mean I bullied her, into basically coming up with a compromise of, if I got caught, she had nothing to do with it, she was sleeping in my parents' room, and she had to take everyone's keys, and everyone had to stay the night. Fair enough for a bunch of underage kids, you know, like drinking and, you know being belligerent in an unsupervised household. So um, we, uh, we get everything underway. We assemble the troops. I somehow get my best friend's sister to like buy us like a huge case of beer. And um, so I take one girl with me to uh, this party um, from, from high school. She didn't know any of my other friends. Uh, most of my other friends went, went to different schools. Um, so me and her, we start kind of pre-gaming with each other before everyone gets there. Um, and somehow she gets fucked up. <laughs> So before anyone gets there, literally, it's just us two and my sister. Um, so she goes and takes a nap in the room, and I'm like, that's cool. She's like, wake me up when, like, everyone gets here. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Everyone gets to there, and I don't wake her up. And um, so we're all I'm, – I'm really excited. Like, I'm finally doing it. I'm being, like, the popular kid. I'm throwing a party. Like, there's, like, 20-something kids in my house. Like, we're all, like, getting ready to get fucked up. Like, hand me that Smirnoff. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so we, uh, we're literally – I want to gather everyone around for this, like, commemorable moment and be like, let's all take a shot to underage drinking. And we're all, yeah. And then, like, as we're doing it, like, the hallway door, like, kicks down. And, like, there's this girl who I said got drunk earlier. We'll call her Shelly for the the time being. And Shelly's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I told you to wake me up when everyone got here. And no one knows who this girl is. No one even knew she was here. They were like... Who is this? so? The reason I mentioned it is because she kind of becomes a little bit of a problem later on. Um, so party's going great, you know. Despite that, everything's going good. I have my two like closest cousins. Um, we're very close in age, so we're very close relationship wise. Who are there, and they're a really good time to party with. Um, and one cousin at one point, he takes this. We have this giant photo of. Um, me and all my siblings, we got, like, professional photos taken and surprised my mom with it for, like, her birthday and, like, made her ugly cry. It was really great. And um, so we take it off. Uh, he takes it off the wall, and he's walking around the party drunk, holding it like this, just going up to every, like, random girl. And he's like, look at my cousins. Look how hot they are. He's like, will you look at my cousins? And just, the whole night, it was fantastic. Such an ego booster for my already, like, inflated ego. So... I also invited a girl to this party, and I was very excited, because I'm like, I never get to have a girl in my pen, <laughs> what? So, um, so I actually go up to this girl, she's like standing in the front doorway, and I'm like, you know, hey, and she looks at me, and she goes, that drunk girl from earlier just walked out. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, she just walked out, she's walking down the street right now. I'm like, but I drove her here. <laughs> Where is she going? Like she said, she's walking home. I'm like, she lives in the town over. <laughs> so sure enough, I see drunk Shelly down the street, <laughs> and I run after her, and I, you know, trying trying to get her coming. She was upset about something. I guess one of my cousins said something mean to her. I don't know. 
at one point my cousin comes out didn't even know the situation was serious because she's like crying and he's like a hey, drunk bitch get back inside and she looks at him with like tears streaming down like her mascara and he's like oh shit never mind <laughs> so after like one like physical like had to carry her back in the party and one like drunk oversharing of like the woman of color experience in America that I had to like listen to that like I started crying I like eventually got her back in the house and you know the party resumes as normal everything's great everything's good um, you know, I, I, I eventually get to go and I, I believe her name was Mackenzie and I was like, oh, you know, like we should, we should go to bed and you know, and I know like what half this room is thinking, half this room is like, I thought that was a lesbian woman up there and the other half of the people in here are like, how did this closet gay man get a woman in his bed? But I'm here to tell you that the future is bisexuality. So long story short, you know. Nothing gets too crazy. We're 17 years old. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So, so, but it was great. Like, you know, I literally lived my high school dream of like throwing a party. All my closest friends were there. We all got super drunk. No one like drove home. You know, everyone either had like a parent come pick them up or, you know, it, it literally went as good as you think it could be. Um, so like everything in life, um, God giveth, and then he um, spits in my face and takes and taketh away. So um, I had a part-time job in high school, and so this is two weeks later. Like, I got away with the party. Parents came home, didn't suspect a thing. Um, I, two weeks later, I'm at work at my part-time job, um, and I get uh, a text. I, you know, I can't check my phone at work, and I get a text from my sister, and she's like, mom and dad know about the party. I was like, so I get another text from my other cousin who was there, not the one that was, you know, carrying around the picture, the, the female cousin. Her name was Kayla. I'm going to put her ass on blast. So I'm going to use her real name. Um, so Kayla texts me also. She's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like walking out to my car and I like call my sister. I'm like, you need to tell me everything. So that way I can lie my way out of this shit. Like, what do they know? What are the details? Eventually I get home. And uh, I walk through the door, and I find out my mom is at her cardio kickboxing class. So she is naturally out there building up her stamina to beat my ass. Um, and as you can tell from the story, my mom is the, um, like the iron fist in the household, rules over us. My dad's the chill parent, you know, much to her dismay. And so I come in, and my dad's just on the fucking couch, still in his work uniform like he is every goddamn day. And he just looks at me, and I look at him, and he just goes whatever your mom decides to do with you, I fully support. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So like, I have to figure out, I'm like, how did the, how did, you know, how did I get caught? Um, and my cousin calls me and she tells me how. So apparently she took a photo on our couch with these two boys that my mom did not know. And my mom is like part bloodhound. She can like sense everything that's wrong. She literally found out like, when I lost my virginity. Like, I came home one weekend after, like, having, like, a long-term girlfriend come stay with me, and I came home, and she literally smelled, like, my cherry popped. And she was like, she was like, how was it? I'm like, how was what? She was like, the sex. I know you did it. So, she, so I guess my mom had, you know, her otherworldly senses, and she just thought, I'm gonna check Kayla's Facebook for no reason. <laughs> And sure fucking enough, on her Facebook, in her recently tagged in photos, was this picture of her and these two boys that my mom didn't know. And my sister, like I said, goody two-shoes, can't lie for shit, was like, she asked my sister, because I wasn't there to defend myself. She was like, um, 
they couldn't be have people over while we were gone because she looked at the timestamp and my sister I already know how this went they were like oh she was making herself something to eat so I know my sister was like this in the fridge like not looking at my mom she was like um what people over mm, I don't know and she can't lie for shit so my, it was not hard to crack my sister she's like an egg so so it easily just comes out of my sister and I'm in you know horse deep shit and so I'm like okay I guess that's how she found it out so I have some you know some time to kill before I'm you know dead so I go and I get like the family laptop that we had because we didn't have a desktop and I open the laptop and the fucking desktop is that picture of the two boys with my cousin Kayla and I was like that petty bitch <laughs> So I go, I take the laptop to my room and I get in bed and I'm just on it and stuff and I hear my mom come home and she comes in, she opens the door and she just, my mom's so fucking smug. She comes in she's like, hey, how was the party? And I look at her and I go, it was great. And as I said that, like, in my mind I'm screaming, I'm like, you're dead, you're fucking dead. And she's like, oh, well, I hope it was because you're fucking grounded for a month. I'm like, Fair enough. And she's like, didn't you, have a, didn't you have a dance this month that you had to go to? Oh, guess you can't, huh? Oh, did she just start driving? Oh, I guess you're only driving to school now. So, well, have fun. Uh, but to this day, to this day, still, like, totally worth it. Like, I understand, like, 17-year-olds could have got drunk and, like, fell in my pool and, you know, like, died. But totally worth it. I'd risk any one of their lives any other days to do it again. So thank you all so much. Cody and I are working on uh, working on a web series, webcast, podcast series called uh, Beauty and the Bi. It's up to you to guess which one's which. <laughs> it's the entire thing of the show. Um, who wants to hear some more grocery store jokes? Because I've got several. Uh, I am objectively the world's dumbest grocery shopper. Like, that is a title I am proud to claim. It would be more than fine, uh, more than fine if, I, if somebody were to pin something on me that said that. Objectively, world's dumbest. I have never once, no matter how many items I put on my list, which I inevitably forget in my home every single time, never once circled a grocery store less than 14 times. I don't know if it's like a dong thing, like where they just kind of turn and turn until they're like, okay, this is a good spot. Like you have to go around a certain number of times. It doesn't matter what it is. I do know that... Like, I kind of, I kind of, in the same way that it's, like, nice to just go to Target for, like, the health benefits of going to Target, it's kind of, like, you ever go to Ralph's when you just need to think about something and pace? (laughs) Fine. And then I, like, there's, you know, this, uh, every so often you'll see this, you know, little known trivia fact quote, B, whatever, but, um, that says... The average consumer has more than 40,000 choices they can make in the grocery store. I'm like, yep, I've considered every single one of them. I can say that with confidence. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, I think that's almost the end of, end of the grocery jokes. But if we're going to compare Target, Ralph, uh, the benefit, I think the main health benefit of going to Trader Joe's is that you get to gently ram into people that you know listen to cereal past season one. <laughs> It's a joy for me. Uh, we're going to keep the show moving, folks, because um, this next guy coming up to the stage is one of my favorite human beings, um, and that's probably mostly because we're almost exactly the same person. Uh, she, is, she runs an outstandingly funny and excellent podcast. It's called A Few Beers In. They talk about pop culture and drink a few beers. Put your hands together for Mal Smith. Hey, everybody. How are you doing out there? Hey. 
You look like a black abyss, just the way I like it. (laughs) Uh, So at the top of the show, Christiana gave us a few rules, and in the nature of the theme tonight, I'm going to break one of them. Uh, This story's not funny. (laughs) Um, I'm sure I have a couple good, like, breaking the rules stories from my youth. I could pull out a party story, probably. I couldn't. I didn't go to any parties in high school. Um, So instead, I'm just going to talk about the one thing that's been on my mind for the past month um, and try to make you laugh along the way while I work out my relationship issues. Um, I got the joy of uh, sending my boyfriend to rehab this month. Woo! Yeah! Congrats! Yeah, taking care of yourself is fun. The path to getting there sucks. <laughs> uh, me and my boyfriend have been together for about three years now. And like when we met, he'd like would have a couple beers. He would like smoke a little weed. Like it's California, I get it, whatever. Um, but like you know, he was like any normal twenty-something. He saved his blackouts for the weekends and like got his life along like a normal adult. Um, when we started dating, he was very honest with me. He had been to rehab when he was a teenager at 16, um, between his junior and senior years of high school, which I just kind of thought of as like a really cool summer camp that just made him like mysterious. (laughs) Um, but you know what? He was living in Seattle. His dad had early nineties Microsoft money. So like a cocaine addiction when you're a teenager is just like the perfect rich white kid problem. (laughs) Uh, so really, it was just like a sell for me. I was all on board. Um, but slowly through the process of a relationship in the last few months, I had noticed like the drinking increasing, which I think like really says what it's be like to be with me. It's just like he holds me on just like such a perfect pedestal because I'm such an amazing person. He just has to like take himself down a notch. I get it. It's like it's a lot of pressure to live up to. <laughs> and so, you know what? Like things started going downhill. I kind of started getting a little suspicious. He got a a job at, like, a cool new L.A. bar. He was a chef, and he was working in the kitchen, and it was one of those bars where you need, like, a password and to go through a maze and to answer a a riddle from a minotaur just to get a drink. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it was was fine. Like, his schedule started changing. Like, he'd come home at, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I get it. Like, it's a bar scene. There's a lot to do, whatever. I probably should have started getting suspicious when he would come home at, like, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning (laughs) and just be like, I was out late with my friends and after hours club like okay I get it but like it's weird that you haven't slept in two days (laughs) um he would just be like oh I had a Red Bull late last night and like I don't do drugs and I also don't do energy drinks so for all I know like cocaine and Red Bull are the exact same thing I do not know the difference so like I probably started getting suspicious um I was like one of those sober kids um my parents were alcoholics and so like I was a rebel. (laughs) Uh, My whole idea was, like, I'm, like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, why would you not want to just, like, be here, be in the moment? What's better than being here with you guys right now? (laughs) Um, I'd be proud of the little X's on my hands when I'd go to my cool pop punk shows. (laughs) Um, So, like, I also was really naive of just, like, how prevalent drugs were in, like, any community or, like, around me right now in this room. Um, <laughs> I just, it's just something I never really interacted with. It was more like a myth that people would tell you about in school. Like, oh, my God, did you hear? Jenny's doing drugs. Like, for all I know, it's the same thing as when a girl tells me she's having sex. It could be just like Easy A. She could be lying to me just to seem cool. I don't know it's real. <laughs> um... So when I start, I started noticing, like, things were going downhill. Eventually, I started calling him out on it. Like, he would come home high, and I'd be like, hey, dude, you're high. And he'd be like, no, I'm not. And, like, you know, classic fights of young love. (laughs) 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 
that's that's just part of being in a relationship, guys. You just gotta get used to it. Go through the grind. And you know what? We'd been fighting a lot, and our anniversary is coming up. And I just wanted to like get away for the weekend. I just wanted to take some time, just us. And like you know, we don't have a lot of money at the moment because cocaine. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to go somewhere nearby. We could just drive away for a weekend, somewhere where maybe we had like some friends and family to show us around. And like the culmination of that ended up being Las Vegas. Yeah, like, you might be thinking to yourselves right now, like, maybe taking your addict boyfriend who you're trying to help seek help, uh, like, to Las Vegas is not the best idea, and you're correct, um, but I was like, he's with me, he's not gonna do anything, like, he was always really good about not bringing drugs into the house, and I took that as, like, a great respect of my boundaries, when in reality, it's just, like, being a good addict, (laughs) just don't keep that shit nearby, um, so we ended up going to Vegas for a weekend. For It was Super Bowl weekend, which did you know was the busiest weekend in Vegas? I didn't. Um, probably not the best idea. Uh, his family had lived there previously. Uh, they're from Seattle, but again, early 90s Microsoft money. That's like 2017 Snapchat money. Uh, so they have a house in Vegas. Um, it's currently empty in between renters, so they were like, you can stay there while you're in town. So I got to save a cool couple hundred bucks a night, no big deal. Um, we pulled up, and I was expecting kind of like something showy and gross and glitzy in Vegas. Um, it was on a gated cul-de-sac. Not, not a gated neighborhood, a gated single cul-de-sac with four houses on it um, that just looked like giant 6,000-square-foot Tuscan villas. Uh, which I learned from HGTV. Thank you. Um, And because it was between runners, it was completely unfurnished. So it was a giant 6,000-square-foot home with no furniture, tile meant to look like leather. The master bedroom has James Bond-themed murals complete with silhouettes of busty ladies and guns. (laughs) Of which I slept on that room in an air mattress. You know, romance. Uh, so the first couple nights went good. I'd never been to Vegas before. Um, I'd always heard it was like Disneyland for adults. And for people saying that, first of all, you have never been to Disneyland as an adult. Disneyland is Disneyland for adults. They serve alcohol there now. Like, get your shit together. Like, get with the program. Way cleaner. No gum on the ground. And... So we went to Vegas, and in reality, it's more just like a bunch of miniature places you would rather be but can't afford to be, so you're just in Vegas. Um, It was just kind of like a little mini vacation where I could go to Paris and then remember I can't afford to go to Paris, and then go to New York and remember I can't afford to go to New York, and then go to ancient Rome and remember I can't time travel. Um, But the first night was fun. We had a blast. It was just like normal drinking. Uh, The second night was a little more rough. Um, We were at this bar called Millennium Fandom, which, yes, sticks with the theme. It was just like a mid-level Comic-Con, which is somewhere I much would have rather been. (laughs) Um, And I had a few too many BB-8s, which was a... (laughs) I couldn't not, even even though it was based with rum chata, I had to have it. Yeah, not a great idea. Um, So that quickly turned from fun drinking to screaming on the street to quietly whispering in the back of an Uber to pretend you're not fighting, but they they know you're fighting. (laughs) Um, We tried to take it low-key the next day. Uh, We went to his grandparents' house because they still lived out there. And, like, he would go get a glass of water and come back and 
would clearly be a glass of gin because did you know those two things smell very different? <laughs> um, and he kind of caused a scene and, you know, his family became worried and, like, we knew he had a problem. And then five days later, his dad flew down from Seattle and we had a talk. And by had a talk, I mean he came over to our apartment and as soon as he knocked on the door, I burst into tears, <laughs> um, which is it doesn't sound funny when I say it out loud, but trying to have a serious conversation about like, hey, you need to either choose help or lose everything you know and love. But like, it just sounds like <gasps> over and over again while other people in the room are trying to have a serious conversation. It's <laughs> it went over well. Um, so he did choose to go get help. He's currently uh, in North Carolina in a cabin in the woods. And really, you can call anything rehab if you're just not doing drugs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, honestly, the worst part of it is, like, I mean, I went through a lot. I deserve, like, a month in a cabin to just, like, self-reflect. And, like, I would get so much work done. Like, I would have had a much funnier ending to the story if I had, like, 30 days to work it out. But instead, I just get this. So thanks, all. She and I were talking for a while before the show, and um, and she was like, "I want to, uh, I want to be funny, but everything I have to talk about is sad." And I was like, "You're on the best possible show for that, my friend." Um, is is anyone I work with here? Is anyone I work with here? Johnson Makata, anybody? Clap if you're here. Okay. Oh shit. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, disregard this completely. Pretend we've never pretend we've never heard this. Um, this was at a different job that isn't my current job. Um, I uh, I have a tendency. It's really it's I I think of it as a failing. I I get crushes on men sometimes. I just don't really know what to like. I, I'm working on it. Okay, if I went out into a cabin in the woods for a month and a half, I'm sure I could get over men. Um, in the current climate, it just it it just seems poor taste. To like men. Um, but anyway, so uh, I get a lot of, like, where whatever group I'm in, basically, I'll have a crush on somebody in the group. Um, and in some cases, that person can be me, but usually it's not. Um, so I, uh, I, I recently quit a job. I don't work there anymore. Uh, where I, I had, a, had just a big, long-standing crush on, on somebody there and, you know, kind of heated up a little for a while. And then um, uh, he, would, he would say things to me that made it just, like, impossible to really know whether or not he, whether or not he really liked me. And so I was like, shit, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I don't know if I'm breaking any rules. And I, I don't know if this is going to be, like, bad or if I'm going to get fired if I, like, like someone. I don't know if anyone's allowed to say anything about this or if it's just, you know, if it's just like most crushes, it should just like exist solely to burn in the center of my chest until I die. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, well, let's just see how it goes. I'll just like be a professional human being and it'll be fine. So um, I, uh, I went down to, to just to talk with them and catch up a little while back and uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was so struck by an idea that, that seems to hit me over and over again, which is this, that still a man, no matter how much I like him, there's still a man, there's still a guy, which bums me out sometimes. So went down, just kind of catch up with him and talk about what was going on with, with each of us respectively. And um, 
this uh, this guy is, is soon going to be leaving. Um, um, was was soon going to be leaving uh, the place I no longer work at, and uh, definitely do not currently work at. And so we were talking about it, and I was like, "Well, you could, you know, you could go to go to another place. Um, uh, they're, you know, they're not going to have free beer." So he's like, "Well, they may have beer, they may have soda, but one thing they're not going to have is you." I was like, if only there were some way we could hang out when I'm not being paid to do so. Hmm, if only, if only. So I'm just, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's romantic in the moment when they're like, the guy, guys are doing that thing, you know, when they're like, they're standing, this is the you know, closest they have. They like put their arm up and then kind of, you know, like take up space in a way that seems masculine. And I want to do that back to them. But, you know, I, I always want to kind of be like, like I want to like show the sweat and just be like, what's up? Now it's, uh, it's always been you. You know, and like just kind of impose on a space in that way, in a way that makes him like a little bit uncomfortable, but a little bit horny. That's what I. That's what I want to do with men. So, um, so I thought about that, and I was just like, you know what? That just kind of sucks. Like, just ask me to go to a movie or something. If you think it's like somehow impossible that we're not going to see, we're not just not going to see each other anymore. I was like, bitch, ask me to a movie. So, um, hasn't done it yet. So that's the end of that. So I, um, so I don't know. I, 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 you know, it's not, it's not the end of that for me. Whenever I say like, that's the last straw. That's like at least six months away from the last straw. <laughs> at least six months away. So, um, so pretty much any time that guy wants to uh, get a cold brew or something, like I'm gonna remember. So, um, so for at least the next, you know, however long until he leaves. Um, do you? I, I don't know. I was thinking. Okay. So Mal's story re- reminded me just briefly before we get into the last one. Um, she mentioned that she was one of the kids who had who was like straight edge. But you you guys remember like people actually drawing black X's in marker on their hand to identify themselves as like straight edge slash better than everyone else. Um, it was I don't know it was like a it was like a punk version of having like the Ash Wednesday cross. <laughs> so uh, so they would uh, they would do this. But the thing was it was like identifying the only people I knew who did that. They were all so cool to me. Um, the only people I knew who did that, though, were all like 17, which is like saying, I'm a virgin and proud when you're eight. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just, I still don't know what to do with that. I'm, I'm like, I'm wondering, I wonder a lot. I'm like, all those people I thought were super cool for, you know, for making a decision. Like, obviously, I'm not currently like critiquing anyone who chooses to be sober. I would never critique another human being for any reason in 2017 in the current climate. I would have no negative judgments about human beings. But we're not allowed, I understand. But, um, and I understand why too. um, But yeah, no, I was just, I was so, I think about that, I'm like, where are they now? You know, I want like a where are they now for everyone who who was in high school that abstained. Like, are they still, are they still, like, are they still somewhere like, thinking about that version of themselves, hoping that I or the people around me don't remember that or, like, think of them differently. Because anytime, I don't know about you guys, but anytime I think of middle school, first things first, like, my anus immediately clenches. But anytime I think of middle school, I'm like, there are people who, like, moved away after middle school and their memory of me is of just that person who was, like, the kind of person that made gay jokes or whatever and was then thought that was, like a, like, a great source of comedy. I'm like, no, I promise! The gay jokes I make now are really progressive! Come back! <laughs> So, 
I don't know. They really kind of flirt with bisexuality in some ways. Please, please. And so, I don't know. I just, uh, let's bring up the last speaker of the night, guys, before I keep going. Um, guys, put your hands together for probably my favorite Twitter handle of all time. One follower, no dad. Sophia Benoit, put your hands together. I don't know why you clapped. I haven't done anything yet. Please sit down and calm down. You're so fucking thirsty out there. Um, I um, I'm a little sick. You can't tell. If you can tell, congratulations. Get your PhD. It's an MD, I think. Actually, fuck. Um, my boyfriend talked me into wearing this shirt. Um, it's got the back of the dog on the back. Um, uh, did you guys get here early? Yeah, you did. You got that whiskey shot. You're here. You're trying to forget about life. You're trying not to think about Mike Pence for two hours. You're trying to like not text that guy Rodney in accounting whose cubicles buy you now because they're moving the office around. I'm totally kidding. None of us work in an office. We're like all baristas. Um, I am stalling because... Not because I'm like adult or something and I don't remember my story. It's because I'm adult and I never had a story. Because my brain is like just tweets now and I'm always hyper but like incredibly tired. So I'm just like saying things really quickly so that I can go to bed. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with my story. So there's not going to be... Um, a narrative. <laughs> There's going to be some pieces you identify with. There's going to be some pieces you don't feel so good about. Um, I certainly don't. Uh, tonight's theme of breaking the rules. Woo! Spit on his cock. Sorry, I said that. Sorry, immediately. Sorry, immediately. Um, <laughs> There's not a rule against that. Uh <laughs> There's a bobby pin on the ground, and I have to get it because every time I think I lose bobby pins, I'm just not looking for them, you know? <laughs> I'm going to say it's, it's a little rusty, probably not good, but uh, we'll check on that later. Uh, anyway, so I, like some of our other storytellers tonight, uh, I didn't do any drugs or alcohol uh, for a long time in my life. Uh, longer than most, I am, this, this whole breaking the rules thing, when I saw that, I literally called my mom and I was like, I'm doing a stand-up show this week and the theme is breaking the rules and I've never broken the rules. I don't, what? And she was like, I'm sorry, baby, you're my daughter. I'm like, oh God, this is the worst. Uh, where is heroin? Um, no, I didn't really break the rules growing up. Uh, I didn't really drink until I was, like, 22. Um, and it wasn't even, like, for legal reasons. It was just, like, I wasn't cool. Um, it was really boring. And uh, I, did, I, I still, to this day, when I talk about drugs, I say they did that drug because I'm never sure what doing it is. Like, I'm just like, they did crack. They did meth. <laughs> like... I still like they did weed. <laughs> I don't really know much about it, but uh, in college, a couple times I did weed, and uh, only a few times. Mostly, I just get a headache and I get tired, and I'm like, I'm gonna sleep. And they're like, That's 
that's better, please. Uh, <laughs> please stop talking. Um, so in college, one time, towards the end of college, I did an edible that was like this the classic story. Like, I had done a lot of edibles at that point because I love eating, and it was the closest thing. They were like, this is drugs, so you'll be cool. I'm like, is it eating, though? <laughs> um, so... I had a huge gummy bear. Like, I don't know what the dosage is, but, like, family-sized pack. I had a huge gummy bear, and um, I threw up at the school church on USC's campus. There's a bus stop there. If you see any stains, it might have been me. Threw up, um, and then I started having a visual blackout, which is pretty hard to do on just marijuana. Uh, but I did it, and... I couldn't feel my back, so I kept trying to lean against things because I kept telling my friends I couldn't feel my back. And they were like, well, we'll get you home. So a friend and I started walking home, and um, I started marching <laughs> because I couldn't tell how hard my steps were. I was like, it's going through the ground. And they're like, please. <laughs> please, there's literally a police officer watching us. Um, <laughs> uh, so bad. And... The last thing, I remember the whole night, too, which is even worse, because, like, when you're drunk, at least God has the grace to be like, whoop, erase that. Uh, But not so with this night. At one point, my friend was like, I'm so cold, because she was pretty high, too. She was like, I'm so cold. Aren't you freezing? And I said to her with a very straight face, I was like, it feels like every follicle of my hair is on fire. (laughs) What does that even mean? Oh, God. So that's like the big time. That's not really a rule. There's no rule that you can't get that high, really, in California. De facto, there's no rule. Um, Not if Jeff Sessions stays. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm not going to get political. Um, Anyway, but so that's like where I'm at rule-wise. Recently, my friend had a bachelorette party, and uh, we were going to go to Chippendales. We did. By the way, anyone who was like, hey, art's going to get really good now that Trump's in office, they were right. Chippendales, the pageantry was unmatched by anything I've ever seen in my entire life. I was hoarse the next morning because I yelled so much. I was sober, by the way. Um, It had like one glass of wine, and I was like, this is the only thing worthwhile seeing. Um, And all of her friends beforehand were like, we're going to do cocaine. And I was like, I'm never going to do cocaine. And they all started kind of not pressuring me but just questioning why I didn't want to do cocaine and just like Dare said they would and I was like I'm ready for this they were like what do you think is going to happen and like are there, I was just all of a sudden there were all eight people being like you should do cocaine and I just cried <laughs> I cried <clears throat> as an adult yeah whoever said woo they're right I just cried as an adult in like in front of all my this this person's friends. So later they probably like snuck out and did cocaine while I wasn't looking because they're like, she's going to freak out if she sees you do cocaine. She cried when we talked about it. Um, so that's where I'm at rules-wise. Uh, yeah, I, I love them, the rules. Uh, so I'm going to transition kind of into what ends up being the, the last time that I really broke the rules uh, by saying that I I really... The last time I really broke the rules was a very long time ago, but the remnants remain. I love masturbating. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. It's like one of the few calorie-free activities that brings me any joy. <laughs> Thank you. 
It's also one of the few areas that women have a huge edge over men in that we can just keep doing it and 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 doing it till we die. <laughs> Y'all have to stop. Um, also, it's like a mess for you, which I would feel bad about, other than the fact that like all of history went in your favor. So, <laughs> um, But for women, like, also we're great multitaskers. Men literally can't do... Like, how do men in movies even drive and like talk to the person next to them? They can't even... <laughs> I don't get in cars with men. You guys can barely do one thing. Um, when my Uber driver starts being like, what is your job? I'm like, focus. <laughs> but men aren't very good at multitasking. And we are. We're great. We're great at most things. Um, and when I masturbate, I'm frequently not thinking about sex. You know? Like, sometimes I treat myself and I actually masturbate to sex. But normally, in those cases, like... A, Let's, let's veer off a little bit and say there's some real fuckos out there who masturbate to people that they actually know. That's bizarre. That's weird. Don't do that. That's really creepy. I can't deal with that. What I like to do is go and match people on OkCupid with obituaries and find out who's died and stu- still has an active profile. It's like seeing a star from light years away where you can still see it. I know, I'm kidding. I didn't. It's like very time consuming. Do you really think I have that much time? Oh my God. I wish. I fucking wish. I'd have like a dog in a house if I had that much time in my life. Um, I'm totally kidding. I just mostly don't masturbate to, to like actual sex. Like occasionally there's a dick involved, but it's like kind of ancillary, you know? Um, mo- yeah, I know. Uh, it's fucked up. I don't want to be where I am. Most of the time I'm just thinking about like all the Chinese dynasties in order, like. <laughs> Like, something that I need to bring up the next time I'm at work. I'm like, oh, I didn't send that email to Alan. And meanwhile, I'm just, like, furiously masturbating. Um, Which is why it was so weird to me when people, right after the election, were like, oh, I'm not horny anymore. And I'm like, you wait till you're horny? (laughs) Jesus, do you also eat only when you're hungry? God... I, I just, like, did, don't care at all about, like, like, fascism is happening around me, and I'm like, look, I've masturbated to, like, nothing before. Like, I've literally been thinking about, like, oh, I need to pick up my boyfriend at the airport, but he's at Bob Hope. What time do I need to leave? Do you think there's traffic on the 134? Like, what? You can get through fascism and masturbating. I'm 100% sure. Anyway, this is what leads to the time that I got in trouble. Um, when I was very young, uh, at preschool even, I would not stop masturbating at nap time. (laughs) It happens. It's like a common thing that they have to deal with. Um, And my parents like came in (laughs) to find out about this. And they're like, your daughter's a great sleeper. She loves nap time. And and they're like, yeah, we know. She's been sleeping through the night since two weeks old. And they're like, no, she like loves nap time. Um, so that was like the last big time I got in trouble and my parents had to kind of like explain to me when were appropriate times to be masturbating as a kid because you can't just like masturbate all the time Uh, it gets very uncomfortable for a lot of people and uh, so that was that was the big time that I got in trouble and just to to end this little story it's not really the trouble part but uh, years later a few years down the road I was like very angry and very overweight and like a young preteen and uh, my mom had to explained to me that what I had been doing for years and years was masturbating. Uh, and so she came <laughs> to talk to me, which is 
God bless her, she had to do this. Um, and she was like, so um, what you've been doing when you tell us that you're going to go take a nap is... Uh, <laughs> is orgasming and I'm like oh no I don't want this conversation like immediately I was like oh this is that tone where it's going to be bad for all of us and she was like um so that's actually an orgasm and that's what will happen if you you know if you have sex with somebody and I was fucking pissed I was so mad at her not really at her but really at the fact that like I had thought that there was this new thing coming around the bend when I was older that was going to be so great and here I've been doing it since I was like pre-verbal I was like oh fucking hell um anyway she promised me we better with somebody you love so that's a lie um and uh yeah that's all I have for you guys maybe someday I'll do cocaine Something uh, cool about me is I attended community college and took it seriously, which is its own form of masturbation. Um, I was super, super, like, I was, I don't know, I, like, I never ever in a million years want to be one of those people who's like, I identify as a sapiosexual. Like, I'm really attracted to knowledge. I'm like, mm, knowledge with great tits and ass. But, um, but no, I, I don't know. I think uh, I, was, I was just getting like super, super into um, the religious studies courses. And I was so excited that I would go and buy, buy you know, recommended books outside the, course, uh, the courses syllabus. And um, somehow... Uh, community college, I kind of fell in with the wrong crowd, which is to say, like, pretty much everyone there. Um, uh, well, I mean, you're pretty much doing fine if you're hanging out with anybody that is under 40, to be honest. Um, there's always that, like, what's a triangle? Student. Um, what, how do we do math? What's a calculator? Um, no, I know you're saying, oh, I understand. I also, I honestly, like, I empathize. I don't know why I'm making fun of them. It's mean. It's mean. I'm going to, like, I'm going to be thinking about that line every, every three weeks now. It's great. <laughs> right. Just filling up the backpack. So, I don't know. I, it was strange, though, because I had never really, um, I really, I definitely had not did weed at that point. And, uh, and this was the first group that seemed, like, seemed really tough. They were all, you know, like, they're, they're like, in an improv class together. So, I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, they know what they're doing. And they, like, smoke weed after class. And sometimes they would smoke it before class. And then we'd, like all drive to McDonald's and get those straw blemies that we all love so much. You know, the ones that are only like, available in the summer. I just felt so free. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is like something we can do with other people. We'd like blast, I don't know, we'd just like blast the black keys or something like that. It's very, it's very, very exciting for a studious person, for someone who, who strives for academia, academic pursuits. So I was just so stoked to be around them all the time. And they were, they were so, in my mind, they were so edgy too. Uh, they would make some of the funniest and also meanest jokes I'd ever heard. Like um, this one guy in the group, like it was it was an open secret that his mother had passed in a really dark way a couple of years ago. And one of the one of like to this day, I think this is one of the funniest, most fucked up things I've ever seen. He gets a call. Um, and then uh, and he's like, no, I can't talk right now. And his best friend is like, who is that? And he's like, mom doesn't miss a beat. And the two of them look at each other, grin, and start crying from laughter. They, and then they just, like, laugh it off and then keep walking. I was like, 
what? <laughs> you can joke about the... Okay. And I just kind of like put that in my backpack. I was like, you can joke about the sad? All right, cool, cool, cool. Keeping it going. Okay, good. I'm writing this down in my little notebook. And for, I think, whatever reason, they, like, it really felt like they tolerated me. It was not like I was one of the gang. It was like I was one of the only people to show up to their improv practices and like offer to help. I was like, I'll do lights. Um, and so I was just really excited. And those people, their, their main hobby, like their main hobby, and this is, this is perfectly fine, is what they were, it was what they were into and they were good at it was finding new and more innovative ways to do weed. And, um, and so there was this one point where they definitely, like, they knew what they were doing. We went to their house. Um, uh, it, was, it was empty. Um, so it was, uh, so it was like, you know, kids hanging out after community college with no parents around. And they, uh, the, the gentleman, uh, gentleman I mentioned before, had what I had never seen before, what seemed like a lot of equipment for weed, um, which I now know is a wax hit, which to even several of the people in the audience, they're like, oh, it's not really anything. Like, I'll do two before work. It's not a big deal. Um, to a person who doesn't really, to this day, doesn't really get down with weed, the la- last time I smoked a lot of weed, I got this scar. So... Um, not really, not really my thing. <laughs> yeah, they know. They, they don't let me into the house without making fun of me for it. Um, it's great. So they, uh, so they were like, no, yeah, it'll be totally fine. Like, it'll be cool. Um, just, like, don't worry. We've got you covered. And there was, there was a blowtorch required for the weed. And I was like, this seems like a lot of effort in the same way that, like, if you see a sex swing, like, there's some people that, like, in their minds, like... Like, I understand why it's tempting and interesting to you, but I look at that, I'm like, that's a lot of goddamn effort. <laughs> um, like, people put that together by hand. You know, sex swings don't arrive assembled. <laughs> like, it's just a lot to do for, a lot to do for coming. Um, you know, I'm like, easier ways. So, um, so anyway, they're like, no, it's going to be fine. Just don't worry about it. Like, we're here for you. Um, don't worry about it if, you know, if, like, you freak out, like, we'll be here to babysit. No problem. Um, I freaked out. <laughs> so I took, like, one. Here's how you know that you're about to freak out. I took one hit, and then they all looked at me, and the kind of leader of the group was like, that was a really big hit. It's <laughs> like, Great. <laughs> So I was, um, so I was super excited. Um, felt like I was ready to die, but uh, I immediately went upstairs very carefully. And this is um, something my friends, I think, know about me at this point: um, is that if I'm in really like physical, like physically great danger, if I'm about to throw up or hit a wall or seriously injured myself, I as quietly and calmly as possible will rise up from my seat, vomit. <laughs> get hurt, split my head open, and then come back as if nothing has happened. It's very clear to everyone else that something has happened in the la- in last time's instance because my head was split open. Um, and I, I believe what I asked um, one of the members of this audience was, I was like, I, just, I, don't, I, don't, want the, I don't want to interrupt the party. And um, one of the other members of the audience responded, yeah, you're going to need to go to the ER. So... That was you. That was you. Um, and so I, I really want to like leapfrog over it, but I'm worried about if I drop the mic, it'll just impact um, the amount of time that you guys get to listen to me. But um, I know you guys like it when I when I play with when I play with my stool. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I just kind of want to tease it at this point. <laughs> um, so anyway, I so I get to uh, get to the get to the point where um, where I'm like, this isn't good at all. And so I'm like, I I at that point like immediately I know I'm way too high because I cannot at that point like really make any other thought come together except I'm way too high. And I just you know this is not interesting. You guys know how it feels. Um, or if you don't. You don't want to know how it feels. Um, and so I, I quietly go upstairs, vomit into the toilet, quietly return back down, and then sit on the couch. Here, I'll, this is where my placement was on the couch. Sit in the corner of the couch, stirring a Taco Bell smoothie. Not a thing that they... A Frutista Freeze, I believe it was. Maybe it was Del Taco. <laughs> For 40 minutes? Um, and it was just the dregs of a smoothie, too. It wasn't like a full smoothie or anything. I'm just like, I'm fine. Anytime anybody asks, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay here, though. And they're like, why is that? I'm like... Every single thought is too large for my brain. Please leave me alone. <laughs> and like, cool, Christiana. Um, so I established myself as the leader of that pack, obviously. <laughs> um, after that, I, I kind of was like, you know what? Maybe we don't do weed anymore. Maybe we don't did weed no more, Christiana. So I don't know. That was, how, that was also one of the major ways I learned. I think it is at the very least important to break the rules um, at least once in some instances so you know whether or not it's going to make your brain explode, um, make you sit on a couch for 40 minutes. Um, I feel like we've, uh, as always, as I always like to say, we've learned a lot tonight um, about one another, about ourselves. Um, is she going to flip it upside down? Um, we learned about stool dynamics. I feel like I could kind of jab with this thing. Uh, we've definitely, I feel like at the very least, like we're going to find, it's my backpack, guys. <laughs> That's it. Um, we're we're gonna find um, we're gonna find out more about ourselves at Kibitz Room next door after the show. If you'd like to do that, is that is that? Eh, might just be my shoes broken. Um, but we'll more than anything, guys. I appreciate your time joining us for this show. Everyone, like I said, who got up on stage, really just wanted to share something about themselves with you, and you guys were a willing audience, and that makes you handsome in my eyes. <laughs> Um, that and also like not hating gay people was cool um, so anyway thank you for joining us for personally speaking you don't have to stay here but you can never go home thank you very much Thank you ever so much. You've joined us for the March edition of Personally Speaking, and boy, do I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing some of you at the live show next month. That'll be April 14th. That is a Friday, April 14th at the open space. Keep an eye out for the flyer. Yeah, I have to say, I really, I do get in trouble sometimes because of this show. Um, Not in any, you know, not in any really serious, like, world-ending way, but just... I either hurt feelings or leave things out or people remember stuff differently, whatever it is. Um, I'm never uh, I'm never going to apologize for that, uh, for the way that I present my show. But I am going to apologize for hurting feelings, period. Uh, I love you guys. And the goal of this show is ultimately just to make you laugh with stories as the way uh, stories the way your friends remember them. So 
I look forward to seeing you guys next month. It's sure going to be a good one. Until then, take care of each other.